Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed uh, co-hosts over the years, uh, are here today, and you know, between Kathy and I, we've helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. We're always trying to give you tips, tools, little things that you could do that make you better and make your team better, and we always try to uh, <clears throat> interview people to kind of pull out, tease out what are some of the things that they do, so we always have great folks uh, on, and today we have Katie McCleary, and she has a book just coming out called Bridge the Gap. Breakthrough Communication Tools to Transform Your Work Relationships. So who doesn't want that in today's world of the pandemic where we are, for leaders, have so much emotionality um, that leaders have to be basically kind of lay counselors, lay psychologists to better deal with that. You know, Gallup tells us that engagement for the first time in a decade has reduced from 36% of, you know, highly engaged to 34%, and disengaged uh, has also uh, risen. And then American workers are quitting their jobs at record highs. So this is a perfect time to look at your leadership. How are you dealing with that in regards to yourself? How are you managing yourself, managing stress, managing burnout? How are you dealing with your team? And so before we bring on Katie, Kathy, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Riley. I'm really happy to be here today. We are going into um, our our February with uh, some great numbers and feedback from our audience. I want to thank everybody. And today's guest is going to tell us a little bit about some of the, you know, good things that we can do with our own communication to uh, not only transform our relationships. Uh, from, uh, you know, a, um, a challenge to collaborative, but she's also going to share with us uh, some of her, um, her background and her interests in um, social psychology and, and how human connections create more meaningful communication. So I'm very interested in, in today's show, as you know, having worked with uh, non-human primates for a long period of time before they let me loose <laughs> in the executive suite. Right. But before we uh, we bring Katie on, I just want to make sure that everybody knows uh, who my uh, favorite co-host is, and that's Dr. Ellie Nadler. You're obviously um, listening in. Uh, if if you are for a while, then you know that Relly. Uh, is a thought leader in emotional intelligence. He's an executive coach, uh, and he's a master level certified executive coach. And and they are rare uh, and far between. He's also a psychologist and a corporate leadership and team trainer. And he's also authored seven books, including our new book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Stressless, Fearless Life. And please, please remember to go to www.eblifebook.com and grab your seven-day free trial of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, 
we are getting great feedback uh, from our constituents out there in the marketplace, and we'd love for you to enjoy a more stressless, fearless life. Uh, Relly, I'm not sure um, what else we need to cover. Yeah, yeah, let me jump in there. So I'll say another word about our book, Emotional Brilliance, is actually on Audible. And if you go to our website, emotionalbrilliance.com, you can get the the ebook, Eleven Reasons Why You Need Emotional Intelligence. Kathy and I, you know, I've been schooled in, in emotional intelligence. Kathy also is a thought leader in positive psychology, emotional intelligence, but also executive coaching. And Kathy is the author of nine books: What Happy Companies Know, What Happy Mothers Know, and Fearless Leaders, where you sharpen your focus. Um, and then we talked about our book. So you can get more information at emotionalbrilliance.com. And let me say a few words about Katie because we're excited to jump in and, and hear from her and get some of her pearls of wisdom. So I mentioned that her new book, Bridge the Gap, uh, Breakthrough Communication Tools to Transform Work Relationships from Challenging to Collaborative. And she's also the co-author. Her co-author is Jennifer Edwards. We don't want to leave that out. Um, and, you know, Kathy and I are in organizations every day working, you know, with the leaders and, you know, now typically virtually. But communication is always one of the issues. And um, Katie, as a uh, background here, her book is, is packed with practical and replicable techniques. And the book reveals how to master your biological reactions to connect even amid pressure, anxiety, and stress, which we all have today. How do you lead with curiosity and engage more authentically? I'm really interested in hearing about that. And embracing diverse opinions and cultural backgrounds. So we know uh, in today with diverse backgrounds and so much going on, how do we navigate that, communicate and collaborate, collaborate more effectively, and also in her book, Converse with Others to Reap the Rewards for Better Communication. Um, Katie also has her own podcast, The Drive, that's on NPR's CAP Radio. So, uh, Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. You know, so, Katie, as we jump into our program, uh, going into our 16th year on the air, we always like to start off with who influenced you, our guest? And tell us a little bit about your your background uh, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I am in love with, um, I'm really in love with thinkers and writers and leaders who are about, about going into places where maybe people shy away from going into and talking about things that really matter to our lives and our livelihood. Um, so I really like fearless people, fearless thinkers, and um, they have absolutely influenced me. So a little bit about me is that um, I, I started out in life as a writer and really wanting to spread the love of the written word. And what that turned into for me is I became a youth development expert. Um, so for the first part of my career, 15 to 20 years, I really spent my time training adults how to reach our most vulnerable youth, youth who were incarcerated, um, experiencing homelessness, foster care, right? And so how could, how could adults, and these were professional adults, 
show up in the community, in schools, in programs to really help kids and young adults thrive in their life. And they have to communicate across that gap all the time. Um, And so I spent a big chunk of time doing that. I started a nonprofit that also gives kids and teens a voice. So we've transformed over 4,000 vulnerable young people into published authors who know the power of their own story and how to become author of their own lives. And so I find all that work really richly rewarding. But what it really turned into into for me was um, being with adults who were just struggling to show up better in their work, in their marriages, at home, in community. And when I became a part of something called the American Leadership Forum, um, I learned a lot more about leadership and why it was so important for leaders to understand their own energy and their communication and how they're showing up to launch big ideas, to be with people, to manage people, to build relationships. And so all of this is really about that sort of social psychology of connection and communication as humans. Beautiful. Yeah, we're interested in, in uh, kind of how you're applying that. So kind of, so today, uh, are you, do you do speaking? Is it more coaching uh, online? You know, maybe yeah. a combination of that. Like what, what, do you, what do you bring to your audience? So um, I do a couple different things. I really like to have interactive engagements. So due to COVID, I've done a lot of stuff online, but I, I show up and build um, retreats and academies and workshops that, really help people understand how are they showing up, how are they communicating, um, what energy are they giving off, and how well are they able to read other people's energy so that they can have a collaborative relationship. So I do that with a bunch of different playful tools and metaphors. So I'm not just speaking at you. Like, we're engaged in an activity, in a conversation, so that we can really learn these tools and materials so that we can show up better in the world. I do coaching. Um, I do a lot of writing and communication with people so that they can um, learn their own language, right? Because words matter, absolutely, 100%. But first, it's about how you show up to connect. And then second, it's about the language that you use um, to influence, to inspire. Well, let me jump in. Katie, tell us a little bit about um, why you think more people are finding it challenging, more so today, uh, perhaps than in the past, especially given where we are in our COVID evolution here, um, to really understand and respect one another? Well, I think we've been through the ringer as a nation. So I wasn't surprised when you said that Gallup said our engagement was um, some of the lowest that it's been in a long time. Right. We've been through fraught political tension. We've been through a pandemic. We've been through disinformation. We are contending with cancel culture all the time. Right. Like we're simply as a nation not getting along. And I also believe that the speed of work. Right. um, That technology and the digital environment have absolutely given us tools to do our work better and more effectively. But that has ramped up the speed in which we're trying to. Um, output our work. So all of this is like a perfect storm for people to be really irritable with one another, right? They're highly triggered. They're tired. They're stressed out. We live in this like pressure cooker of life. And so we're not showing up 
the right way that we could with strangers, with clients, with our colleagues, with our families, with our bosses. And so I think that we need some better tools, um, some different ways to think about how we're showing up and connecting and communica- communicating across that gap. Okay, you're, you're uh, singing to the choir uh, for Kathy and I because, you know, this idea uh, from the emotional intelligence world, you know, popularized the amygdala hijack that, you know, almost everybody is emotionally reactive is another way of talking about the amygdala hijack and that everybody's on edge. And so we talk about in the moment, what can you do to be your best? Sounds like exactly what you're saying. And that's where this idea of emotional brilliance, how do you draw all your strengths, all your wisdom, all your knowledge, so what comes out of your mouth is the best communication the best decision, the best strategy. So with that, uh, we're definitely curious to hear kind of some of your tools, and it sounds like one of the big ones that I'm really interested in hearing about is curiosity. So maybe say a little bit about that, and then how do you kind of introduce that as a a tool for people? Absolutely, and you're absolutely right. We're completely aligned in our work here. Um, We're just hijacked all the time. So you you ever hear that phrase where it's like when you're having a really bad day, And somebody says, you know what, let's practice gratitude, right? Let's just pause for a moment and be mindful about what we do have, what is going well in our life. Well, we want to take that same kind of concept and we want to apply it to a fraught relationship or even just you're under stress and pressure and you have to go meet someone new and you're not quite sure about them. You've checked them out on their LinkedIn or their Facebook profile and you're just really not quite sure about this person, right? So we want to say, let's show up curious. Let's just be curious about who this person is. What do they care about? What are they trying to achieve, right? And, and to not let all these other emotions and tensions, like, muck up the process. Uh-huh. Can we be open and curious? And curiosity is an energy. It's not, it's not about peppering people with questions like why or how or what do you know that I don't know? We actually call that curiosity fraud. Um, to show up curious means that you're open. You have an explorer mindset. You're ready to hear something you've never heard before. You're ready to ponder something you've never deeply pondered before. And you really intentionally want to know this other person. So, Katie, tell us a little bit about What kinds of communication skills impact uh, both personal and and professional uh, goals and outcomes? Can you give us some examples of what these communication skills are and and how we can uh, be more mindful and aware of how we're using them? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we teach in in the first third of our book is how can I show up clean and curious in order to have a really meaningful and productive conversation that, right, would increase your personal and professional outcome. So when we say show up clean, that means you're not hijacked by your emotions, by um, the distractions and pressures in your environment. So you show up calm, you show up open, You show up as a listener. You show up as an explorer ready to learn something new. Um, 
In terms of the communication skills of that, we have what's called a curious conversations um, framework. And one of the very first things that we say is, you know, you show up clean, and then you just want to open up that conversation with, tell me about, not why or how much or when. Those are really measurement type questions. You want to have an open-ended conversation where you're really structuring it to be one way. This is not really about you. It's about them and showing up to learn about them, to be with them, and to, and to hear into what they care about first, not your own agenda uh, per se. So, so I love that and um, kind of the, the curiosity. You know, Kathy and I talk about kind of what's, what's our go-to um, strength. And I think for me it's curiosity and, and thinking about that a little bit more, you know, if you're curious, you can't be judgmental. I mean, there are two yeah. opposite uh, poles. So you kind of get away with, uh, away from all the things that we are talking about uh, in today's world. And I think, like you're saying, uh, we often talk about we don't, we don't really listen well. We have like a dual monologue. We tell a story about something in common. But we're not listening like you're, you're saying, you know, how do you really listen? And so it does sound like you're really interested in uh, the brain science as we are. So how does that, um, you know, what's that role of brain science in relationship? So, Relly, I'm going to ask you and Katie to just pause on that for a minute. We're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about awareness, about uh, brain, and how it impacts your performance. So don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech, like the hardworking men and women that get up every day and do their job, the ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. IC Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. Icy Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. 
The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Katie McCleary. Her new book, um, Bridge the Gap, Breakthrough Communication Tools to Transform Work Relationship. Um, Katie, what's, what's the best website for you and to get a hold of that? And then we'll jump into our questions for you. Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is um, it's a website, howtobridgethegap.com. Pretty easy. Okay. HowToBridgeTheGap.com, and you can connect with um, my co-author Jennifer and I. We are work wives. We're just a hoot to talk to, and um, and we really balance each other out too, which is really great, right? And we'll kind of maybe dive into that a little bit better about okay. um, these Beautiful. different sort of presences that we bring forward. Yep, and that's Super. kind of uh, same thing with with uh, Kathy and I. You know, it's nice to kind of have that synergy of you know someone that's not exactly like you are. So kind of with yeah. that, we, we took before the break, we talked about uh, brain science and the role in relationships. So, yeah, why don't you go into that piece? Sure. So we do spend time really talking about the amygdala hijack. And, you know, can we call the amygdala Amy. So we've personified the amygdala as this sort of um, frenemy of sorts, a friend and an enemy that sits shotgun on your shoulder with you at all times, Right. And pumping out, you know, chemical cocktails when she feels or perceives that um, you might be under under pressure or a threat, whether that's actual or real. We also go into the neuroscience of sort of the power of your story and your mind and your ego and um, that voice inside your head or those thoughts inside your head that contribute to your to your beliefs. But I want to say that one of the most important things about our work is really the um, neuroscience of curiosity. And I think one of the most interesting things is that the older we get, our perceptual curiosity plummets. We have curiosity in all these other ways, like I'll go and read a book and learn. I'll go and take a cooking class. I'm bored. Let's go be curious. When it comes to being curious about people who are different than us, it plummets. But what's interesting is that the science shows that as we grow older, though, we have the more capacity for empathy. So if we allow ourselves to be perceptually curious about someone that we're struggling with, who may seem really drastically different than us, might be from a different generation, right? If we can pause 
and really control what's happening in our body and our brain um, from being hijacked, then we can be curious about that person to understand them better. And because we have increased empathy, we can actually close that gap pretty fast. But it is a lot about choosing to be curious, to be intentional and aware about it. And that's sort of where it comes from. So, Katie, I'm I, I'm curious. <laughs> Speaking of showing up clean and curious, you know, when we when Riley and I talk about this kind of um, curiosity and its importance in life and, and brain science, there is such a strong emotion these days that is around self regulation. And our capacity to suspend that. And because we are also stressed out, given what's going on around us in our environment, naturally, we tend to fall into a judgment versus an open curiosity. And I'm just, just out of curiosity, have, have you seen that? And how do you coach? I'm sure our audience is really tuned in right now. How do you coach around curiously listening versus judgmental listening so that you can have that already always listening that comes back and tells the person who you're trying to help how they should be versus what they're needing from you, which are powerful questions for how might they, you know, react to something or respond even better? That's such a great question. So two things. First is that when you feel pressure in your body and you feel anxiety and you feel anger and you feel frustration or sadness or any number of other emotions, the key is to disrupt it right then and there. So we give some actionable tools that we call biology disruption because I think naming it a biological reaction takes maybe some of the shame and stigma out of it. I think we've all met those people that's like, this is who I am. I can't help but who I am. This is how I react, right? And they get really defensive about it versus saying, hey, you're a biological creature. This is a natural reaction and tendency. And guess what? You have all this other power within you, within your mind, your prefrontal cortex, to disrupt that moment so that you're not reactive. So we give um, about 10 different tools for people to try and use on the spot in their workday. You don't have to run to your therapist. You don't have to go home. You can do them. And they take about five minutes to get you back on track and course so that you can show up clean and curious. So that's the first thing. And these are simple things. Like um, one of my favorite things to teach people is that when they're feeling that pressure to pause and pinch their thumb. Pinch their thumb for two minutes really hard. It distracts your brain in this beautiful way that can actually ground you. You couple that with breathing deeply for three minutes, five and a half seconds through your nose, five and a half seconds out your mouth. Combine those two things. You can actually down-regulate all those emotions and hormones and chemical cocktails that are coursing through your body so that you can disrupt that hijack. 
The second thing is we have a very deep chapter on listening. And one of the things we say all the time is, do you listen to your listening? Are you aware that you are wearing a set of invisible headphones at all times? And your headphones are preset to a particular dial to filter whatever you hear coming through your ears to understand it and make meaning of it in a certain way. And, and that dial, where that filter is sort of preset on your invisible headphones, depends on who you're with, the situation you're in, the pressure that you're under. So we say that there's a couple different filters. The first one leans to passive pleaser listening. Have you ever been yepped to death and you realize they're not really listening to you at all? You're talking and they're like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. They're like checked out, right? That's not engagement. And then you can go to the other side, right, which is about judgment and assumption. And we call this the suspicious listening filter. And this is something I come across all the time in my daily life, right? I'm trying to have a conversation with someone and they are consistently interrupting me with, what well, did you know? Have you considered? What about this? It's like they're trying to be helpful. They're trying to engage, but it comes off with this like kind of suspicious listening, like, do you really know what you're talking about? Did you consider all of these sides? And that can just make somebody react, um, you know, defensively and inappropriately as well. So we want to get you to clean, curious listening where you are fully present and aware. You're not running that other dialogue or monologue in your head at the same time. Can you truly slow down to hear what's coming through your ears, to make meaning of it before you react or create an opinion about it or say something back? And would you call the second one? Suspicious defensive listening. Suspicious defensive listener. You know, one of the things, uh, I love that, uh, <clears throat> there was a, a director of a hospital that we were trying to talk about uh, him being intimidating. And just like you're saying, slowing that down, one of the triggers that we identified was that he wants to interrupt. So that was a good kind of biological trigger. But that he also uh, wanted to win the conversation. So it sounds a little bit like that you know, defensive listener or, you know, somebody who's, you know, in a good vein, maybe trying to fix it. But, you know, most people just want a listener. They don't want someone to fix it. Um, Absolutely. So that, it, you know, that's really interesting. And that kind of brings us to one of the things that you were talking about is the drama triangle. And maybe you can share a little bit of a, about that and how that gets into kind of the circle of choice. Yeah, so, um, you know, Dr. Cartman's tri drama triangle, it's, it's taught very widely, but I think it's really applicable today, which is why we include it and why we teach about it. You know, the drama triangle is about relationship dynamics, and these dynamics are in our popular culture all the time. So it's a triangle. There's a rescuer, there's someone who is a victim, and there's someone who is a persecutor creating and causing all this drama. We see this play out in Disney movies, in books, um, in movies, TV, right? It just happens all the time. And it's super easy to slide into a drama triangle or be pulled into one. Um, it can happen on the way to work, right? You walk in the door, somebody goes, hey, you're five minutes late to the meeting. What happened? 
you get reactive and say, well, there was traffic and I couldn't help it. And then another person comes in to save the conversation and say, hey, simmer down. She's here now. We can all do it. Ugly glances like happen. And then like there's this sort of toxic, weird residue and energy. So it's super easy. It happens super fast to be in a drama triangle. What we want to do is reverse that and say that anytime someone pulls you in a drama triangle and tries to do this game of blame and shame and and saving and triangulation, you can step out of it into what's called the circle of choice, which is that I don't need to engage in this way. I don't need to take these things personally. I can keep showing up as my best self because I have choice about how I react and how I respond. Um, So we teach that in our book as we're trying to give a different paradigm. One of our stories that we share in there is um, we've changed the name, of course, to protect people, but we, we've worked with a fashion company that was doing men's fashion. And one of, the, one of the guys that we were sort of hired to come in and, and work with the team, one of the guys there was a, a seasoned designer, um, and he could just not get with sort of some of the other designers that had been brought on board in the past couple of years. And they were of a younger generation, a younger demographic, um, sort of speaking to a different demographic that this fashion um, place was trying to get into. And he just could never kind of bridge the gap because he was so stuck in his own drama triangle. He couldn't help but take things personally. Um, If he was not invited into a conversation like really explicitly, he wanted nothing to do with it. And even when those invitations would come, explicitly to him to say, hey, come and help us work on the bow ties, literally. And even though he was an expert in bow ties, he could not join the conversation because it was always, um, they don't respect me, they don't like me, they don't understand me. And he just shut completely down because he was in his own drama triangle. He could never step out, the, out of the circle of choice, step into the circle of choice. So he was playing... Maybe it's great. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's, it, we all know people like this. Uh, as as I look at um, where we're going on the on the show today, there's something that you that you suggest, and I live by this, and I have since uh, since my career uh, started, uh, and that is uh, using a personal board of directors. Uh, it's just been a part of my world. Tell us a little bit about how a personal board of directors helps us overcome some of this conflict and, to the point you just made, can make a huge difference in this circle of choice model. Yeah, so a personal board of directors means that you have identified um, four to five people that you can call on um, at any time to sort of quickly process, right? And so you want to choose a mentor. This is someone who knows what you're capable of and can coach you and that you are coachable by them. That's really important, right? How many times are we not coachable? So you choose a mentor, someone who can coach you, who knows your gift and strengths and your skills to make a situation better. Then you're going to choose a role model to be on your personal board of directors. This is a person who inspires you. They have the character Um, and the habits that you want to embody too. So you're going to ask that person, what would you do? 
The third person on your board of directors is an encouraging friend. They know your story, they know your history, they know your flaws, and they love you anyway. This is a person who allows you to vent and process, and you allow them to cheer you up. And lastly, you need a coach. This is someone who intimidates you a little bit. This is someone who is going to keep you accountable. They don't have to be your boss, um, but they're someone who's tough. They're someone who calls you out directly and succinctly, and they'll keep your feet to the fire. So those are sort of four different roles that you're looking for, um, and you'll know who to call in that moment, and sometimes you may have to call all of them. Now, typically, are they all different? Because a lot of those can be kind of rolled up into one or two people. So we're going to... Before you answer that, we're going to go to our next break, and we'll be right back, so stay tuned to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a delightful conversation with uh, Katie McCleary, and we're talking about her book and her programs around Bridge the Gap. So, Katie, when we went to um, break, we were talking um, about uh, personal board of directors, and we were alluding to the fact that you need to have multiple people who can help you, if you will, control those biological reactions that we all face, uh, regardless of how good we are at what we do. Can you talk a little bit more about how you suggest we control or self-regulate or even be aware of our biological reactions? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a, a chapter in the book called Biology Disruption Tactics, and I mentioned a couple of them before about, like, you know, pinching your thumb. But you need sort of on-the-spot strategies that you can work and use in your workday. So one of our favorites is to change your body temperature. And there's a lot of research and science about the power of changing your body temperature, especially if you experience anxiety. And um, how would you do that in the middle of your workday? It would be kind of hard, right? So go and wash your hands. Go and wash your hands in super cold water or super hot water. Don't burn yourself. But go and do that and wash your hands for two to three minutes. And while you're doing that, breathe. It can be a game changer, absolutely, in how you show up. Um, Another one that's my favorite that actually I see people use all the time is go and throw a private temper tantrum. Go lock yourself somewhere where nobody can hear you, get angry, cuss, let it out. Um, Another one that we have is to stop labeling things. No more labeling. Everything just is. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not frustrating. It's not this or that. Just stop labeling. And then try to go back to the situation that made you so angry in your mind and be a movie camera. You're just a movie camera, and you need to see yourself in the situation, you need to see others, and you need to try to gain some kind of psychological distance from what happened and really see it for what it is because more than likely you're not, you aggrandized it in your head and essentially made maybe a mountain out of a molehill. One of our most favorite strategies in sort of learning awareness, right? So those are on-the-spot strategies. One of the awareness-building strategies that we talk about in our chapter about the science of the mind and consciousness and where it comes from and the limbic system um, is, is this idea that you can self-coach yourself in the third person. So we have a client. His name is Francisco, and he's just a really amazing man. He runs an association, and so he's constantly sort of at the mercy of community and business owners and schools and educations trying to really make everybody happy in order to move his industry and association forward. 
And one of the things that Francisco does, because he's such a great guy and he's a really amazing leader who really can bridge the gap and convince people, is we, we sort of studied him. And one of the things he does is every, like, Friday or Monday, um, in and out of work, he speaks to himself in the third person about how the week went, literally. And he says it out loud. This is important. You don't just do it internally. You need to speak to yourself in the third person out loud. So that would be like, Katie, when you were meeting with the mayor, I noticed that you were distracted by your cell phone messages and your smartwatch. And there was a moment in which you missed what the what the mayor said, and that would have been really important. And so next time, try to put away your smartwatch and don't even wear it. It's literally little things like that. Hey, Katie, I noticed that your um, chest got really tight and anxious when you were meeting with Frank about the Measure H bill. And what could you do next time? So yourself coaching and you do it in the third person and just run through your work week. Give yourself accolades. Coach yourself. That's great. I think nice. um, hey, there is a lot to that, like you're saying, as far as the research. And it is that distancing, you know, that third third person. So a lot of it in self-talk and, you know, like there, there is a lot of data behind that using your name, like you're saying, versus me. Um, that mm-hmm. I think it does, like you're saying, just allows you to manage it. You know, you worked with, in your past, with uh, <clears throat> a lot of adolescents. You know, in my past, I worked in, uh, in an in addiction hospital, and that idea of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, name it to tame it, you know, is kind of the first step. Yeah. You know, we have a model of how to deal with emotions, and the first step is to name it and notice it. So it just kind of is a way that step back from it and, and look at it. Um, these are great I firmly believe, yeah, I just, um, all my work with kids, all my work with kids and writers and authors and creatives and dreamers and entrepreneurs, it really is about how you think about yourself as a character in your own story. That if you really want to write the future and you want to own it and you want to experience freedom and success and love and connection and all those things that we just really want as humans. You have to learn about your own being, your own energy, and really see yourself as a character, right? That's how we improve is through that psychological distancing and that narrative that we're constantly growing and building about ourselves. That's great. You know, I think seeing things as that distance in different chapters in your life, that's always been important for me. You know, and how do we make this chapter, you know, one of the best chapters? But they're all the chapters are good, this little bit of the distancing. So just to, uh, coming back to the curiosity, uh, you have three tips about more curious conversations, because that does sound like it's some of the core that's in your book. So anything, anything more about these tips for curious conversations? Yeah, so it's really easy. It's three things that you're going to do in a curious conversation. So you're going to show up clean. We've talked about that. You're going to have an explore curious mindset. We've talked about that. But a great conversation has three things in it. The first one is relaxed, a smile. Tell me about. Tell me about your weekend. 
Tell me about what you're struggling with with your team right now. Tell me about what you want the future to look like. Tell me about what's happening in your business or in your funnel, right? It's those three little words, tell me about. Because that's allowing that other person to do is to bring up what's top of mind for them. They get to shape and mold it for what it means to them. And that's what you're really listening for. So you're not going to ask how or why or when, any of those questions. When the tell me about phrase becomes stale, you can ask what about, how about, right? Um, And you're listening for their energy. When are they lighting up? When are they dragging down? And so you just keep asking the question attached to one of the words that they used. So in our book, we have um, two co-managers who are really struggling to get along and revitalize a set of um, boba tea shops that they run. And um, they're kind of quabbling in the background about what the new employee handbook is going to be like. And one manager wants it to be done this way, and the other manager wants it done the other way. So we, we coached one manager, Cass, to go and have a curious conversation um, because things have broken down between her and Anthony. And she just uses the tell me about phrase. And eventually he says, um, he keeps using the word family. We're a family here. And I just don't want one of us to be stuck with the chores. And that is so interesting because in their language and environment, they don't talk about family or chores. But this was language he kept using in the tell me about phrase. So she follows it. Tell me what chores mean to you. And he kind of looks at her weird, right? And um, she she told us about this. And... uh, um, he says, well, you know, in my family, I was the one who always got stuck with the chores while everybody else got to go and play. And, you know, the chores in our business are like, you know, sweeping and cleaning and maintaining the checklist. And so what she learns in this conversation with the tell me about phrase is that he's really applied this to his backstory and his family dynamics and that mom was fun and dad made them do the chores in his environment and that he was applying that to their relationship as well. So she knew that she needed to step up better to make sure that the checklists were getting done because she really cared more about human connection and customer service in a different way rather than, you know, is the top of the fridge dirty kind of stuff. So that's the first part in a curious conversation. Tell me about, follow their energy, try to learn about why they use certain language that they use. Then there comes a a point where, you know, the conversation stops, right? That person has expressed everything they can express you don't really have any more curious, tell me about questions. And then we just say, be with them. This is that empathetic moment that I think we mess up teaching all the time, right? We, I think we've messed up empathy every which way up and down. So it's really easy. Be with them. We actually say, count eight seconds of silence. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, eight seconds of silence. And then you say, thank you for sharing. I heard what you said. That's it. That's the second moment in a curious conversation. Now you come to how you will respond. What will you say? And we give sort of a ton of different directions, depending on the scenario, the situation, the feelings that are involved. But essentially, you're in a wayfinding moment. And this is, how are we going to move forward and work together as a team, as a collaboration. And what you're trying to do is to get to three to four different ways that you can work together in this. So in the example I gave with Cass and Anthony, 
Cass hears this, right? She keeps following her, her tell me about phrase. She learns a lot being in curiosity and listening. She, they walk for a little bit more. We really suggest having walks instead of just um, across a conference table. Um, go on a walk. Um, she spends her eight seconds. She says, thank you for sharing. I really heard you. So here's kind of my takeaways from it. I think, one, I see how I have not um, been on top of ensuring all the cleaning and the checklists are getting done, and I want to get better at that for you. What do you think that we could do better to improve our communication, right? So she offers one option of what she can do. She hands the olive branch to him and says, what else could we do to be better collaboratively together? He offers one or two things. Great. Let's get one more thing down that we can do. And the fourth thing that she offers him is to say, can we have a weekly meeting where we agree to clear up any negative energy between us, where we really are able to be candid and talk about what's happening and know that we won't get triggered to a place where we're reactive and defensive and fighting to win and be right. It'll take 30 minutes of our time and we're going to set an agenda, put things on it, and we both agree to show up clean and curious. That's a curious conversation. So, Katie, obviously we're at that point in the show where we need to close. It's been so wonderful having you here. Uh, There's no doubt that both Relly and I in our language and our understanding of neuroscience and... uh, and our passion uh, for uh, the use of empathy and and self-regulation, that um, you have a lot to share, and we hope you'll come back. For those of you who are listening, you'll go to howtobridgethegap.com, and you can also use uh, howtobridgethegap.com backslash the book. And, Katie, thanks so much for being with us. Really, anything you want to say before we sign off? Yep, thanks, Katie. Really appreciate it. Great tips. I think our audience will like it. And for our audience, thank you for tuning in to Tune Up Your Performance Leadership Development News. Make sure you go back to our website, emotionalbrands.com, and get your ebook, 11 Reasons Why You Need Emotional Intelligence. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.